listening to Closer Look. We're very privileged to have a man who knows something about being a father. He and his wife have five adult children and 11 grandchildren. My guest for Closer Look is Dr. Ken Canfield. You represent the National Center for Fathering. Is it fair to say you believe dads need other dads to learn how to be a father? Undeniably, you're only as wise as the counsel around you. That's why friendships, small groups, all of those things are important contributors to your fathering. And uh, above all, it's the mother of your children, whether you're living with her, hopefully you are or not. Having support and having feedback is key. And I think right now we're at the precipice of a renaissance of fathering. Why? Because fathering has never been in greater demand. And I'm talking about healthy, engaged fathering. In a recent research study that we uh, commissioned at the National Center for Fathering at Fathers.com, we asked this question, what as a result of being a father has that done to your life? And this is what men reported. They said, it brings joy. Now just hold that thought right there. Joy is one of the things when you transfer and endow an upcoming generation, your sons and daughters, is something that lights up the neurotransmitters in their brain. There's no one that can take your place and do it like you do it. Now, having said that, Bob, there are a lot of issues that we face as fathers. These are busy times. One of those is uh, losing uh, your cool with your kids, particularly if you have teenage children. You know what I mean. Having those guidelines and learning to apply them at certain times and taking up issues that are important is going to be one of the things that will test your emotional reservoir. So what you are going to come into in, in a newfound way is learning to say, hey, as we move through these times in life, uh, how am I doing in the area of emotionally investing in you? Should I be that frank and open? Absolutely. And when you develop patience with your child, what you're doing is endowing them with problem-solving abilities. Now, what do we learn from dads? Dads who work through issues with their kids help to strengthen them as they face life's challenges. Dr. Ken, do dads in general have a hard time listening to their kids? And if so, what effect does that have on the child? So when we listen to our children, we need to do it with our body as well as our ears and our attention. Put the phone down. Put the stuff that takes you away from that visual contact and exhibit what's called accurate active empathy. When you listen to your child, look for more than just what she's saying, but how she's saying it. And when your son, you know, won't look you in the face, get around and say, son, I want to see your eyes. This listening is what will distinguish you and was one of the traits of effective fathers. Years ago, when I founded the National Center for Fathering at Fathers.com, I looked for traits that distinguished effective fathers from fathers that were just, you know, status quo. And active listening rose to the surface. And in other words, when you look and you attend to your child and listen and then paraphrase back to make sure you're getting what they're saying, what you're doing is giving them confidence because here is the man that is influencing their life, taking time, listening will distinguish you, but I'd like to take it up a notch 
active listening, engaged listening. So uh, focusing on the positive, maybe saying, you know, they're proud of their kids for an accomplishment or, or how can you be so smart and beautiful at the same time? Well, being uh, the one that affirms them is something that we have learned in the last couple of decades has a huge long-term benefit. Saying I love you, letting your child know that they're valued and loved, those things are really uh, now becoming the basis for that emotional bond that you're building. And so when we do that, we uh, continue to send this message that you're valued and important. It helps them build and expand their emotional reservoir so they can take on issues that you will never have to face because they're going to a generation that you know, you will likely not see. And I'm thinking down the road, three and four generations. That's why staying on course is key. And think of this emotional investment, this, this, I love you. I am sorry. Will you forgive me? The, the whole humility factor as a way to stay on course and track with your son or daughter as they mature through life. Dr. Ken Canfield of the National Center for Fathering is our guest on Closer Look. And I'm Bob Dittman. Shifting gears just a little bit, what are some of the differences between raising boys and raising girls from a father's perspective? Raising boys and girls, it's like night and day. Girls uh, are able to pick up on emotive issues uh, quicker than boys. Boys instrumentally are ready to do stuff and not talk. And so what you can do is is see the contrast. And this is not to overgeneralize, but the research is very clear. There is a major difference between boys and girls in child rearing and the way they approach, understand, solve issues, and so forth. Failure to notice the uniqueness like a brightly colored tapestry. It's sometimes the very few strands that are a different color or show brightness that stand out. Understanding what your daughter's needs are and your son's needs are uniquely as both young men and young women, boys and girls, will help you as you uh, go through the fathering life course. Dr. Ken, why do you think so many men struggle to understand how important they are to their kids? Well, I think they may be visiting their own past. One uh, aspect of, of growing through your own life is the privilege of having children. What they do is become reflectors of you. You will think back of how you reacted or acted during a stage of life that they are going through. And one of the big barriers that fathers face, and it's ongoing, is resolving past childhood issues. And we've all faced trauma. How did we process that? Did we have a father that was involved in a healthy way, helping us work through issues of childhood? Sometimes we didn't. And sometimes it was fathers, Bob, that created the trauma. And that is why we need to see this privilege of being a dad as kind of a cleansing and preparation for maturity into old age. Because you're getting amped up to get back 
to one of the greatest joys in life, and that's seeing your children have children. And for those who have that privilege, they know just the joy that having grandchildren brings. It's kind of a a doubling up, and one was not the responsibility that you had to carry during that time. So my point is simply this. Often a genogram or a family history is good as we look at those issues that we bring into our family. And as we look back, let's say between you and your father, you and your grandfather, however far you can go, what we can do is see things, barriers that we may have brought in unknowingly that get surfaced in our relationship with our child. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go into a a melancholy, deep dive into your past and get stuck there. I'm not saying that, but recognizing how that influences you and your family and fathering will only make you a better dad. Maybe another aspect of what you were just talking about would be the self-worth that a lot of men have in their jobs, sometimes to the point of obsession. And because of that, the family life suffers, not only with their kids, but with their spouse. How do we change this perspective? We just finished, Bob, a short survey on the pandemic effect on fathering. And guess what? I have some good news. There are some good things that came out of that. Dads are spending more time eating with their kids, interacting with their kids. In fact, if you want to take uh, the short pandemic survey and see the result, go to fathers.com and we've got it right there. But what's powerful is dads are doing stuff like this for younger kids. They're putting together puzzles in the evening. They're sitting down and reading the Bible because they have time. Now, I contrast this during a time where work has been sparse or you've had to work from home. It's created a new way for us to think about our fathering. And as we grow now back into what I call a normative lifestyle, Are we going to prioritize the relationships we have with our children like we do our job? Because as we know, jobs come and go. You're likely to change jobs maybe two, three, maybe half a dozen times through your career. Your children don't change. You're still dad. And they look to you as a model and as a hero and as an example to follow. And so this job family conflict is ongoing. And it's an issue of prioritizing and understanding how to make the two work and fit together. Dr. Ken Canfield of the National Center for Fathering is our guest on Closer Look. And I'm Bob Dittman. Experience is I think more important than things, that is spending time with your kids rather than giving them a big new gift. What are some ways fathers can engage their children in an experience type activity? Have some ideas? Absolutely. Get away from the computer. Get away from the visual of the uh, uh, television. Get out where you can do things, projects, build stuff, do lawn work. One of the things that I have found helps dads more than anything learn about their son or daughter and vice versa is take them on a trip. That's right. 
It could be a mission strip. It doesn't have to be a, a trip to Disney World. It could be something serving others. And it doesn't have to be, you know, in another state or place. It could be in your own city or neighborhood. And if you have extended family, just going to visit together and watch the interaction and make sure the cell phones are down or in your pocket and, you know, put the ringer on silence. And I believe what that does is bring the human human familial interaction to a high level. And when that happens, everyone wins. You know, I remember as a kid just uh, pitching a tent in the backyard and having a backyard camp out. Well, there you go. There's Bob with his dad and they're out there. What are they doing? They're probably building a fire, roasting marshmallows. And one aspect that I found recently in another piece of research is dads are vitally concerned about the education of their child. What skills do you want your children to know and learn from you? Now, I know changing a tire today is different than past years. Uh, what are those life skills that are important? And, and the ones that occur outside the home uh, prepares them for issues or, or challenges they may face as they own a car or own a home someday. So those things are, are valuable skills that dads uniquely can teach because you don't learn those in school. Well, sounds like a family tradition. How can a dad develop a plan for a good family tradition? A plan for your family is critical. A plan for your fathering is important. We know in business, we know in work that you have plans that you have to fulfill, goals you have to meet. Well, what's your fathering plan? At the National Center for Fathering, we excel in helping dads of any age children from young preschool children to children that are off uh, in their own families. And what we need to do is have some sort of list that keeps us, you know, focused on those important things that are necessary during your child's development. Think, I got a responsibility. What during the rest of this year do I need to focus on, whether it's a character trait, a goal or accomplishment, whether it's attending and supporting them in something they're doing, and how are you doing and measuring that goal? And then who are you accountable to? Not just your child and they're not keeping tabs, although they really are. They can remember dad showed up at this or that or Dad wasn't there. Why wasn't he? What we need to do is to communicate, and this is where the small group is critical, to other dads, our goals and values in being a father. Because when we start talking about that, we're moving from fathering what I call status quo to fathering excellence. And we're creating this sense of destiny for our lives that will be played out over and over. And remember, dads, it's really short. Blink and it's gone. Your children are gone. Now, you may say, hey, I'm changing diapers right now. Okay, I get that. And I'm trying to make ends meet because I got teen. I get that. But before you know it, it passes quickly. So give it all you can give it at this time and you won't be disappointed. Speaking of the year, I have a book in front of me that I've had for years now. It's your book called 365 Bible Promises for Busy Dads. Yeah, and Dad, you're not alone. It's interesting and fascinating to me that God disclosed himself in a fatherly way. God the Father. In some ways, 
you are an image bearer, not only of being a man and a dad, but you bear the image and the example of somebody who is the ultimate father of all creation. Your role is divine. It has authority, it has responsibility, and it has, as we see, the extension of the father, his love through a son. It has humility and grace. And that's where we can distinguish ourselves again. I recently asked a a group of fathers, over 1,500 fathers, what was their number one concern as they think about their child completely in their development? And this is what they put as number one, helping my child develop moral and spiritual values. Now, the way to do that is not just preach. The way to do it is to live it out. You have a heavenly father that believes in you. He's given you the privilege of fathering your son, your daughter, or many children. He wants you to succeed. Do you know why? He's vested in your title, a dad. And when we recognize that it's through his power and insight that we can also instill those moral and spiritual values in our children, we can rest at peace. We don't have to do it. He's going to do it through us. Now, that doesn't mean we can sit on the couch and say, you know, just let it happen. No, we do it by letting him, his spirit, do it through us. Our guest on Closer Look is Dr. Ken Canfield of the National Center for Fathering. I'm Bob Dittman. Uh, something I read once, and it might have been on your website too. It said, a faithful father keeps his focus on God the Father, represents God in the home, then the church, and then the community. So that priority kind of caught my eye. Dads should be focused on home first. So for married men, what's the relationship between being a good husband and being a good father? Your daughters will learn how women are to be treated by the way you treat their mother. Your sons will learn how to treat their future relationships with women or their wives by the way you treat the mother. And so this mother-father bond is critical. When you love and cherish your wife, what we do is not only send a signal that the family is important, but a healthy marriage is the place where children arise from. Now, if that's not your case, and I understand, you're still going to default return to the value of that relationship with the mother of your child. And even when there's never a marriage consummated, you can see research-wise positive, what I call resiliency scores coming when there is a co-parenting and a reasonable discussion with the mother and father. And again, if, if, if you are privileged to live with the mother of your child, treating her like a queen will also bring a sense of depth and understanding to the children who are watching you. But what if you're a single or divorced dad who only sees your kids a few days a month? What kind of impact can you really have? A tremendous impact. Single non-custodial dads, as they continue to dialogue, uh, seek opportunity to care for and to continue uh, the relationship with their children, they have a decisive impact. Uh, They are 
face with challenges, of course, barriers. And sometimes we have systematic issues through courts that for some reason keep a dad uh, out of the child's life. I mean, that's hard to fathom, but in some cases that's a reality. As a father, if you still keep a candle burning in the window, and maybe that candle is going to light the room as you write a journal, as you write a card, as you emotionally process the angst and anguish of not being with your child, uh, that is going to be the next best thing. And I found this again is where small groups are so critical. When dads can process the emotional issues of failure, disappointment, separation with other fathers and those other fathers uh, who are listening can offer not just encouragement, support. That's where you as a single dad uh, or as a non-custodial can dad can find strength. So I would encourage you to connect no matter what your fathering status is with other dads. And it will be a difference maker for you and for them as you share huge issues that you face every day. There have been lots of organizations dedicated to parenting advice. They're, they tend to be usually aimed at moms. Why do you think that's the case? Why are these directed toward mom and not dad? Mothers are asking questions. They want answers. They get in small groups, try to figure out how to solve problems. Dads, less so. But I got good news. It is changing big time. Once we understood how important dads were and began to cast the, the vision for responsible fathering, dads are lining up and signing up. We believe not only dads make a difference, but they're not superfluous. What do I mean by that? Some of the literature say, you know, if you need a dad, um, well, we got surrogates that can take care of that. Seriously, some think uh, a system, a government could be uh, the dad or somebody else. There's no one that replaces that human touch interaction, extending a blessing over your children, uh, helping them go through a crisis like a dad. And so now we see and recognize that fathers aren't kind of an add-on, they're essential, they're core, and, and that's what a dad of destiny is all about. You know, you just talked about dad of destiny. There's a small group study you have that's called Dads of Destiny. Yes, uh, Dads of Destiny is a serious course that will help you in your planning and long term. Uh, it's one that's done with other dads, and we have everything from uh, accountability to uh, uh, learning, you know, what is a theology of fathering? How does uh, fathering and my faith work together? Uh, what must I be doing at this particular stage with this particular child? And dads uh, meet together and they uh, encourage one another and then they start to uh, shape their fatherhood plan around a uh, instrument called the personal fathering profile. So if you want to be a dad of destiny, we can help you in that process. Go to fathers.com and we'll tell you more. Tell us about the National Center for Fathering. How did it get started? 
The National Center for Fathering started in 1990 as a result of looking at the literature and seeing there's a real void in the fatherhood area. So we stepped up to the table. I recruited some of the brightest minds, sharp researchers, and started to delve into what difference does a father make? And we saw that fathers uh, had a tremendous a contribution to make in child development. And so we gathered together both research and practical advice and put uh, it all up at fathers.com to help any dad at any time. Because we believe that fathers do make a difference. And a child who has a dad who loves them, is engaged in their life, and is in there for the long term makes a tremendous difference in the life of that child. This is Closer Look. I'm Bob Dittman, and my guest is Dr. Ken Canfield, founder and president of the National Center for Fathering. So at fathers.com, they can find the training programs and resources for themselves or for a church or for a group. At the National Center for Fathering, we work collectively and individually. Dads have a busy schedule, so there are individual profiles and pieces that will help them in any fathering situation, from talking to your kids about drugs, sex, uh, cyber activity, uh, of helping them when they're uh, you know young uh, in the educational process. And yes, we're here to provide the best that we know to impact fathers. And let's not forget grandfathers. How does a grandfather build into the lives of his grandchildren without stepping on mom or dad's toes? Well, this is a good question, Bob. You need to go to your children, and I've done this, and you say this, and you're a granddad, okay? And you look them in the eyes and say, hey, you know, if I looked back on my father and I did the best I could, but I made some mistakes and then you give them some space because they may want to point out some of your mistakes to which you say, thank you very much. But this, I want you to know, you are the parents of some incredible children. And though I made my best effort of fathering, there were shortcomings. But listen to this. I want to be the cheerleader, the supporter. I want to be the best grandfather I can be. So count on me to help in any way. And you've got me there night or day. Now, of course, uh, I recognize the geographic distance. I recognize so many things. But if you quietly have that conversation with your son or daughter, uh, the parent of your grandchildren, it's life-changing for them. Because now families need grandparents more than ever before. Unfortunately, we have been co-opted in wealthy material uh, filled America uh, with the, the generational disconnection. And what I mean by that, in other cultures, in an Asian culture, grandparents and great-grandparents are valued and needed. Uh, you see that in other cultures. In an American culture, uh, we have missed, uh, you know, that that major connection. So you reaching out to your son or daughter and letting them know that you're in a humble way on their team and will do whatever they need, you're going to get their attention and they'll probably come up with some ideas for you as well. I, I think this comes from you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was a, 
a quote that I read that says, if things seem to be going swimmingly in your stage of fathering, celebrate, soak it in. Fatherhood should be a great source of joy. Still, keep your feet on the ground because things can change quickly, <laughs> which is kind of what we are just talking about. So as a dad of three, over the years, there have been ups and downs, and it didn't end when the kids left the house. How do you encourage dads who may have hit a bump in the road to smooth out that bump and, and get moving in a positive direction again? Good question. Fathering can be on solid ground early on, but you've reached the teenage years or a difficulty, a family trauma, and then you're in quicksand. Now, when you're in quicksand, at least I've watched on the movies, I haven't actually experienced this, you stay still. Sure, you're sinking, but you seek help quickly and you let people know I'm going down. That's where the support team is so uh, critical to your fathering success. Who are those that you can turn to? Who are those that you would point your children to in case you were for some reason taken out? And when you have a solid support team, what you're doing is creating connectedness for your child boy or girl. And that connectedness helps to build family formation, which is important as fathers, you know, grow through the life cycle. So during those times of difficulty, do you have a sounding board? Do you have a place to go? At fathers.com, we attempt to help in articles and exercises and so forth. But what you need is the human touch element. And if you've got that, you have got something mega valuable and important for your family. Dr. Ken, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap it up? To those who are cheering on fathers, keep up the cheering because dads, you do make a difference. And I say from my heart to yours, keep up that good work. God bless you all. Tell us how someone can reach the National Center for Fathering if they'd like more information. You can go to fathers.com and we keep resources up all the time. Fresh studies, ideas. We're here for you, dads, to make a difference. Dr. Ken Canfield of the National Center for Fathering has been our guest on Closer Look. I'm Bob Dittman.